you're afraid of terrorism, the way to go is by bus. Have you ever been to a bus station? It's freaky, huh? People walking around dirty, filthy, wearing rags, babbling, shaking. No terrorist will take out a bus station. They get down, they look around, they're like, damn, someone's already done this, bitch. <laughs> Listening, uh, classic, classic David Tell, Skanks for the Memory. What is that from? It's what year? Today? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. It's very relevant. It just speaks to the truth of the timeless truth of the comedy of David Tell. But I think that album was probably produced sometime shortly after 9 11. I want to say like 2002 or two. Yeah, when terrorism was a hot thing. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so um, welcome to the show. This is Infinity License 24. Um, uh, Brian Pisano, thank hey. you. Hey. Thank you for being my life partner in the podcasting world. Lenny, thank you for being my consensual life partner in the podcasting world. Yeah, uh, you mean bottom, yes. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the power <laughs> yeah, you're bottom. The, in this you're the power. I'm, I'm definitely a top. In the uh, and um, the referee of our power <laughs> <laughs> is John Light. Uh, our, our very proud to have you back as our first returning guest. This yes, is awesome. I'm so proud to be here. Yeah. Uh, John I've become Light. become a regular listener since my first appearance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, you and our fans in Tajikistan, right? everyone yeah. at Cafe Dushanbe, <laughs> which I spelled us. wrong in the last description. <laughs> I fixed it, though. That's all right. We got it right. Yeah. Uh, John Light of, uh, of uh, Bill Moyers fame. Uh, you're an editor over at Moyers. And um, uh, Bill Moyers is, has made himself into recently uh, something of an expert on the Russia investigation, which is why we're going to talk about that. Uh, we got basically a lot of a lot of political stuff to cover. Um, we have not really done that much of it recently, so um, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of ground. We to- just having Brian's aimless conversations about weird stuff in New York. He likes <laughs> New York stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll, may as well continue the weird New York conversation, given that we're recording this on uh, Monday, December 11th, and there was a terrorist attack today, if you can call it that. Uh, I would consider it more of like a like a Pinterest fail because <laughs> yeah. he tried to make a bomb and it didn't work. And like whenever you hear of, he detonated a bomb. He's currently in custody as opposed to currently in pieces. Yeah. You know that he's a pretty fucking, he didn't terrorist. even kill himself. No, no yeah. He, yeah. pretty bad cell phone there. He didn't like, even blow his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He just charred his shirt. Right. Yeah. And then he was the, the picture, the pictures are him squirming on the yeah, ground. Like, oh. I know. And now, and now he's just going to only hurting himself and a handful of other people. He's now he's going to be put out in Supermax out in like Colorado. And it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. This guy, yeah, there's yeah. no way someone that stupid can radicalize anyone else though. Everyone's gonna be like, Oh shit, I got to stay away from whatever he was doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so there was a terrorist attack today. Um, there was uh, this guy uh, who's a resident of Flatbush. Um, uh, he attempted to, he was wearing a suicide vest in the Port Authority at rush hour, and he somehow <laughs> failed to kill one person. Including himself. Including himself. Yeah, yeah. And it's insane to me because, like, first of all, we got to talk about how, well, okay, first of all, I take the, the four train every day and Union Square is already dangerous without terrorism. Like yeah. it is so packed. It's I'm, kind of amazing that somebody hasn't fallen on the tracks um, every day. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like if I, you know, had like pepper spray or something, I feel like I could take out one of the elderly people or something. And the fact that the last couple of terrorists, I mean, we've had, the, we had the most consequential terrorist attack in Western civilization basically happened in this city. And since then, it's just been a nothing but, a, not, but like fail sun, fail jihadis, you know? Like there was the, t- the Times Square failed bombing. 
There was um, this fucking dumbass that ran over nine people in a Home Depot truck. Right. Who? Yes, he was a, a, a licensed uh, commercial driver, but he uh, instead rented a Home Depot truck. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It, it's that one. That one. There's the one also. Well, that one was concerning too because I was like, "Damn, I'm o- I'm over there on that West Side Highway a lot, and it's right by uh, Borough Manhattan Community College." But it was one of those things where you're just like, "How?" Like, how could he do? How could they do this? But also, it's like, what I, I like. I, I wanted to understand if it's just these guys are getting radicalized by YouTube videos, or like live leak videos, because they're o- only people. There's no way they're part of some ISIS like supercell of soldiers. They're just like ISIS will for sure like claim claim them wherever they can. But even they're not gonna like. Oh, I don't know if we're actually like, did ISIS claim this guy. What I if don't they know. don't want to. I, I think, think with the pickup truck guy, they waited a while. Yeah. Right. They, they I, I had, think with this guy, I don't think they did at all. They didn't. They didn't yeah. even bother. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but I haven't seen it. But I also haven't been following this because with these things, New Yorkers like don't yeah, like no, don't an care. hour later. It's like, oh, the trains are running again. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And the, like, the, the news was that like the news in, in our house was like, shit, like, do I have to? What train do I have to take? Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and yeah, that, the news wasn't, oh, my God, everybody yeah. shelter themselves. <laughs> uh, it, it was just like, oh, now, on top, Mondays, you know. <laughs> right, right. Somebody's <laughs> got a case of the Mondays. Yeah, <laughs> That's was, what the people walking over his, like, writhing body were saying. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> and, John, you were talking about, like, yeah, it feels like poking the beast to make fun of how shitty all these horrible yes. terrorists, these oh, half-assed the terrorists. Oh, the Chelsea guy was yes. also, he was just some dummy. because He, he blew up one, a trash can. Yeah, well, he might have, did he? Yeah. he he, he hurt. He, hurt he did. Hurt, he did hurt yeah. some people. That like he hurt some people. And was, and that was on Twenty Third Street. Again, I walked down exactly that. It's between Sixth and Seventh Avenue. I walked down. I there was all there the like within an hour. I think yeah. I was at like a UCB show or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Over there, yeah. it's like I don't know. <laughs> would it would it be a podcast if there wasn't a mention of a right. UCB show? Also, RIP UCB Chelsea. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was done. allergic to that basement anyway. Uh, was, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I closed it. The same reason they closed your old apartment due to black mold. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They're like uh, they're like uh, no but instead of. Yes, no, but there is definitely like <laughs> no, but you have to leave. Uh, this funny thing is like the, you know people were on on Twitter immediately afterwards saying like build the wall, and it's like okay, normally I would say that that wouldn't have anything to do with stopping terrorism, but this guy was dumb enough that this is exactly who would be stymied by a wall. Like he would not be able to figure mm. out a way over it. I mean, if you put any impediment in front of someone of this capability, I feel like you would stop him. So. Uh, yeah, like just horrible, horrible car- caliber of terrorist attacks. I mean, it's like easy to be callous now that no one got, like, no one else got hurt today. And, like, certainly something very tragic is going and, like, consequential is going to happen. But for some, like, I don't know. It's weird that we haven't had anything recently. They're, they've all just been terrible right. attempts. When I, when I first moved to New York, I, like, you know, grew up in the suburbs around New York. And I, I, I always thought it was just, like, kind of like, the odds were eventually with so many people in misery oh, yeah. in yeah. the city, <laughs> someone is going to run through a subway car with a knife yeah. or yeah. like just gnashing their teeth yeah. and like take out a few people. Yeah. And it really doesn't happen. It's just That's these the, kind of bumbling terrorists every, you know, six months who, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's the miracle of New York city. That's why I love this town so much because it's such defies all probability. We should all, everyone here is mad permanently. Right. Like, I am like, I wake up pissed off and annoyed and, and like you, you, when you, even as a proud New Yorker, when you hear people just like complain about the city, you're like, you're right. It's right. it's terrible. <laughs> right. And, and getting uh, worse. Yeah. And getting people worse. People being forced uh, out of their homes and oh, yeah. stuff. And like, there's plenty to be pissed off about. Yeah. You, yeah. It costs way too much. You get, you pay way more for less, fewer services. The subways don't run. Uh, they're terrorist fail sons all over the place. <laughs> uh, 
it's, and not only that, but the, you know they're overcrowded. The infrastructure is stretched the limit. Think about how crazy it is that we don't really even have like a, a subway equivalent of road rage. You know, right? It never happens. And so I think that the thing that this attests to, uh, like we can joke about how shitty these terrorist attacks are, but it's that this city, and I think the story of cities in general is that they're extremely safe. They're, you know, I hate to say it in context of complaining about the MDA, but they're fundamentally well governed to some degree. And, you know, like we, the, the people who are driven to extremism are just that fringy that they're that bad at it. Even the Sarnia brothers were bad at it. Because mm-hmm. they were also trying to come to New York after they finished in Boston. They were driving to New York. <laughs> to, oh, right. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. part of the plan. Where, Didn't one of them like actually begin it, like begin going to New York? Or, yeah, like, they did. Have to double it, back or yeah. something? I don't know. Yeah, I, I did not see the Mark Wahlberg movie, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get the full details. They made a movie out of that already? Yeah, it's called, uh, I don't know. Boston, Boston Strong or Boston, something. Yeah, <laughs> is it actually called Boston Strong? I think it I'm is. Actually, it yes. might be. <laughs> okay. uh, I think it's pretty. He was also. Did he film that like in the, the soundstage next to the Deepwater Horizon movie? Does oh. Mark Wahlberg have like a holding contract with the news? Like he has to just be in a movie about the news every year. I think. Well, I think it's just Mark Wahlberg's genius. I think it makes him a ton of money. I, he knows. He's like, and he also knows he has to get back to his like Boston roots and just uh, <laughs> and play the copy the, the role he was born to play. Boston cop, <laughs> cop. I'm gonna stop uh, him, <laughs> Mark. I, I love your passion, but this scene where you blind a Vietnamese man <laughs> doesn't really fit with your character. Character. He's supposed to be a sympathetic figure. <laughs> In Boston, that is sympathetic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we might have to get edit that one out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Becca. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right, let's move on. Speaking of uh, racists, let's move on to the Republican tax bill. Um, <laughs> so um, this is a segment we call, Mommy, Why Do They Hate Us? <laughs> the Making of the Republican Tax Bill. Um so this is a disaster, and uh, if you at all follow politics, um, which John, you, you you sometimes follow politics, don't you? It, it is what I'm paid to do. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Take you're, that. You're, for what you're, you you're will. just a shill yeah. for big you, politics. You follow politics the way that Mark Wahlberg <laughs> clips, clips out clips out <laughs> news clippings from a paper newspaper and mails an envelope of them to his agent every week, being like. These are my ideas for my next movie. And then his agent has to sort through these paper clippings. Um, <laughs> Cliven Bundy. Okay. Yeah. What if he, um, is he, you think he's going to play like a Port Authority cop? Like, yeah. uh, like in, in the movie that is the 1211 movie about like. The, <laughs> like You'll have to explain his backstory, how yeah. he got down from Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway. Uh, yeah. So we're, we have this uh, um, bill. And so basically the, the status of this is um, there is a party. In the country that was founded by Lincoln. <laughs> it's a dope party. And they, um, John, why don't you give us your take <laughs> on like what, 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 where do we even fucking start with this disaster? Well, I think the simplest explanation I've heard is it's just a massive transfer of wealth from uh, the poor to not just the rich who call themselves middle class in America, but the ultra, ultra rich. Yeah. And it's what the, the Republicans... The wealthiest people that have ever existed. Right. Like the, the people that make Mensa Musa look like a... The donor player. class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The folks who fund the politics. 
And um, yeah, it's what uh, one of the parties is uh, there to do. It's, and it's, they're doing it. And it's not only a takedown of the, the poor, the poorest people in this country, but it's a super takedown of middle class people, especially middle class people that live in the Northeast or West, like blue states, essentially, uh, if it goes through as written, semi-written in the, we'll see what the final product is when all these things get reconciled. But what drives me nuts is that everyone that wants to think they're rich. So guys like middle class guys like my dad think that they're like, oh yeah. But he, even guys like my dad now, who's a staunch Republican and has been his entire life, he's realizing as a homeowner in the Northeast, he's like, uh oh, like I, I'm about to lose 20,000, 20 to $30,000 a year. If this, like if any kind of uh, mortgage deduction goes away or if any kind of state and local income tax deduction goes away or if any of these, any of these deductions go away. So he's like, uh, all of a sudden like it's, so the people that previously thought they were like ascendant or like middle class to upper middle class people in this country are also transfer wealth from those people to the people that are actually rich and the people that are like have tons of money and actually run the show. Right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and one of the things uh, Brian's referring to is that there's this the, the controversy over the uh, state and local tax deduction, which basically hits people that live in blue states because blue states tax more because we're actually the ones that produce for the national economy, and so um, <laughs> the ones who actually work and make stuff and like make this country go, like this is just this is, this should be the cause of a civil war. We should just, like we should be uh, like yeah. all right, Mississippi, why don't you go back to having dirt roads? Yeah, <laughs> and, like, or like Rick Perry's like house that he grew up with no plumbing in yeah um so what do you guys think it means legislation that declares war on suburban dads which is like trump's core constituency what how how does this play out for the party i think it's i think that's the i'm i don't know i i don't know what to predict because it is the real testament of kind of unstoppable force meeting and move logic so people that are, are like really kind of brainwashed on cable news and th and particularly conservative cable news and also have convinced themselves that they are wealthy people and that it's just the liberals trying to take stuff from you and take your tax money all the time um, versus them actually seeing their material wealth go away. <laughs> so, right, right, right. So like I, the thing is that I don't know if it'll, because that'll play out, the material wealth transfer will play out over a little bit longer of a time scale. I I think they'll suburban dads will still be they're they're gone they've committed too hard to the bit of Donald Trump like they're gonna forget they're gonna forget they're just gonna, think, they're, yeah they're, they'll find a way to pin it on Chuck Schumer or something and there's like the that. one two punch of once the government runs out of money you get to cut services right take yeah. things from the takers right which feels good yeah to yeah. certain voters exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. it sounds yeah. Very, it's a very intuitive case for them to make I think yeah I mean I, I saw a stat. Um, that uh, you know the, the support for this bill is like thirty two percent, and then it ranges based on what poll you look at to like twenty nine percent. So mm -hmm. it's a massively unpopular thing. The other thing though is that the support for it is um, the support for it is very low, but the support against it is also like thirty six percent. People, this is still you know two normies. This is I think pretty wonky, and I think a lot of people aren't going to notice it, and especially the way the bill is constructed which is that it's going to kick in when, um, you know, they probably are banking on the fact that there's not going to be a, a Republican in office in, um, you know, in, in uh, after 2020, when a lot of, you know, 2025 is when some of the um, real, like, middle-class tax hikes happen. I think in 2019, some of them start. But, um, you know, they need to get revenue from somewhere. So their job, first of all, their imperative, their directive is to, is to, transfer money to their corporate overlords, the donor yeah. class. Like there's the famous quote that someone said, which was that my donor told me don't call back if you don't pass this tax. Right. Code, yeah. Right? yeah. Pennsylvania representative. Yeah. And so, um, they, that's what their job is. And so they got to figure out where they're going to take revenue from. And in a world where 
it you know this the zero sum game. There's no goodwill. Blue state Republicans don't really mean that much because they can't help them that much. So sorry, you got to take the hit. Uh, you know they also t- are hitting like unions. You know union dues are no longer deductible. Um, obviously students in higher education are are on the enemy's list. It's like an enemy's list more than a tax bill. Honestly, I've seen someone say that. But so my, I think the like the way that they're it's the ghost of Nixon's enemies list, but against <laughs> except for it's like working. just like yeah, half it, the population. Yeah. More. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, most of America. <laughs> the top the top sixty two percent of the tax cuts go to the the one percent. Yeah. Not the rhetorical 1%, but the actual 1% of earners get 62% of the benefit of this tax. But there's also a delay, right? So, at first, every, all the dad's taxes get cut. Yeah, you got you So get, you it's get only your, the dads who are really paying attention who know that the taxes are going to go up eventually, and they still might forget. Every other, cut, every other dumb yeah. dad just got a, essentially like a, a coupon for a Nintendo Switch or whatever. Like, <laughs> 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 Like they're like, oh, cool! I got one free present for my kid this Christmas. <laughs> like, that, thanks Republicans, thanks Donald Trump. I mean, if you look at like, I remember when uh, the when the Obama was trying to negotiate one of those um, like government uh, resumptions, not as opposed to a shutdown in like two thousand. I think it's the second one, two thousand thirteen or whatever it was. Um, whatever spending deal they ended up passing involved letting some of the some of the I think Bush tax cuts. It was a payroll tax lapse, and so. Um, Taxes went up, yeah, and it was something that was not passed. Obama did not pass, but it, you know, the the after the new year, like the pain was realized under him, and so people blamed him, and they know that, and so when this the pain of, of this tax bill starts to be felt, no one's going to remember. You know, it, it the Republicans know they can always go back to blaming the takers, blaming minorities. You know, Democrats and their pet minorities. That's what they're trying to spend on. You know, there's no, they're they're already fucking doing it. Like Orrin Hatch had a thing I think that was like, I don't know if it was to defund Chip. Chip. Yeah. Yeah, and he was saying like he was already using this sort of like we can't create a culture of dependency. It's like you're still fucking cutting shit out. Yeah. They're taking a trillion dollars out of Medicaid and Medicare. Already, and this is how and much people have drank the Kool Aid. Not only taking Medicaid and Medicare away from people, Medicare, which people all like, and people just don't understand. People don't understand when they have Medicare half the time because it's administered by like Aetna or United or whoever. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're they're like, oh yeah, I get it from my my private insurance. I'm like, no, you have Medicare, you dummy. Uh, and oh, the chip, which is just the most money. It's like you are taking healthcare away from children. You like are actively like harming or like, by, by taking away yeah, Medicare yeah. or cutting yeah. Medicare and taking away children's access yeah like talk about acceleration is they are trying to kill off their base yeah their base is gonna die because they yeah. don't have medicare yeah and then they're not gonna get any new ones because they haven't provided anything for anyone in this country except for unless you you know go to play racquetball it, at some it provokes place. the wall street journal to ask such eternal questions of like when do the millennials like socialism so much it's like i wonder why <laughs> Because because you completely stole all material wealth, like your readership stole all material wealth of this generation and caught like charged us t- tenfold for every other service that you got for like for free essentially. It's like, but I, I, I'm not sure that this does backfire on them. And because like, yeah. I feel like when people pay taxes, it's not like they are really remembering what they paid the previous year right, and they're not yeah. really thinking about politics. It's just always too much, mm-hmm. right? Because that's how we think about taxes in this country. Yeah, yeah. Like back when we started having income taxes, right. like back in like Roosevelt times, yeah. there's this whole campaign to be like paying taxes is patriotic and mm-hmm. we've completely lost that. Yeah, and yeah. so now whether, you know, your taxes, even if they're reduced by 50%, you're still, it's a huge chunk of your income and you're resentful. And, the, and the, the secret, by the way, is that people don't make that many behavioral decisions based on taxes. Taxes. It totally blows up the idea that 
you know, especially in an air, in a time when there's record corporate profits, they're not going to rehire people. Uh, you know, and, and you're not going to decide if you have an idea and you have the will, the wherewithal to start a business, you're not going to decide to do it now because you're going to be taxed less once you expand into the Chinese market or whatever the fuck they're incentivizing. It's not the way anything works. And I think that they understand that. Uh, and that's why, yeah, you can raise taxes on people and they're just going to pay it because people that's the price of the entry into the society. They'll, they'll hire people to the point of where like the same way Saudi Arabia hires people and not just like to prevent essentially like an open insurrection or like pays for people's school and stuff like that. You know, it's like we just got to keep our, our subjects kind of like occupied to the point of where and like with enough NFL football and nacho cheese to like like to keep them from like realizing how how badly we're screwing them over. You know, like and the, the other dynamic here, too, is that I mean, from more of a like. I don't know that this is actually on any of their minds, but it's like fun to impute this to them. That um, this, the what this basically does, is legislation like this doesn't work for anyone. It, it's 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 almost anti-governance. It's almost like a Dadaist take on like how can we not govern? You know, like the limits of government. I wish and, it was that original. I wish their thoughts were that original. And weird. It was like that. Like Rand Paul was actually, or like whoever is like signing off on these bills is like, oh, I'm just getting experimental. It's all performance art. Yeah. Mitch McConnell <laughs> signs it with like his dick. Yeah. <laughs> like some nudist. It's display. like we're just trying to wake people up. <laughs> This is interesting. <laughs> um, but, you know, when when this is what government does, when government does things that don't work for you, it still redounds to benefit the ideology that government can screw up anything, right? And so, I don't, again, I don't know that this is what's on their mind, but if, if they make this what people associate government with, then when the next time the same people who perpetrated it say, a government could screw up a one-car funeral. You don't want them running anything. People are like, yeah, the last thing they did was take all my money, even though it was the same fucking people who were doing it. <laughs> no, they're still taking your money. And also, to John's point about it being patriotic, I think that's what's gotten, what people have to emphasize. And I don't understand why the Democrats aren't just like, have it, they're just monumentally dumb. And I guess they also depend hugely on a Wall Street donor class too, so it's a, that's another problem. But like, the... Paying taxes is patriotic, and that's the problem with the, like ultra wealthy people is that there's this idea of like okay because I've benefited so greatly from a society that we've all invested in, and like my material wealth has gone up, uh, I it's right of me to it's like it's a right thing to return some of that back into a system that that has benefited me, and so there's a civic duty. You still see it in some communities, like certainly communities like the communities that are going to get screwed over that pay a lot more in state taxes, so they have a good school, and so they have a good local community college, that kind of stuff. And they're like, they all see the benefit because like it's good for people to be educated, it's good for people to have jobs, it's good for people to like to essentially if the schools are good, more people want to live here, and then we'll have a better community, and people will be educated and smart, and like it benefits us all that we all pay into the system. But they don't see that anymore because they've all just been vested with like the brainworm of the the Koch brothers of just where they're like who who made their money from essentially building the infrastructure for the Nazi and Soviet war machines in the thirties. Right. right, right. And it it does, it does go like so far back. It goes back before that because I, I, uh, what's her name? There's a historian, uh, Heather Cox Richardson, who's like a, I think she specializes in like Republicans going back away. And she's been making the case that like, this is the culmination of the campaign that started during the new deal to get rid of the new deal. Like, it's like these people have been at it. The whole time. And they finally got what they wanted after all this time because the New Deal was even popular among Republicans. But now, you know, Lenny, when I was first getting to know you, I remember you had been, uh, Mike had asked you to write an article 
where the premise was the Republicans are trying to repeal the 21st century. And yeah, you're like, based on a Joan Walsh slate article. And she literally wrote that thing, that statement. Yeah. And so then the assignment was write this thing again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. But at the time that seemed a little silly. Yeah. But now, you know, whatever, four years later, that's so no, that, that is, is where we're at. True, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the actual culmination of the business plot, which the, to overthrow Roosevelt. Like, that, that was the, right. Who who was the guy who pointed that out? There was some general. It wasn't Pershing. It was somebody else. Uh, but it, anyway, who pointed out that there was a, like a corporate conspiracy to essentially assassinate or like have have corporate businesses like overthrow the Roosevelt. Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, that's it's, kind of it's fascinating. Really, the, the, the what job, did the generals did? Why, the, why no, did he was, care? So it was. So he was the one who I can't remember his name and I should check out the dollop episode on the business plot or you can look up the business plot. Um, it's, uh, it's really good. Really interesting. But the, uh, I can't remember. He had a really interesting name. I want to say it's something like Snedley or something like that, but <laughs> they approached him about like overthrowing the government. And he was like a high ranking. He oh, had, I do remember this yeah, from like high school history or something. Yeah, like, he, yeah. He, he had, and it's like, there's some bits of it, the history that are contested or whatever, but he essentially was approached by like major corporatists and were like, Hey, you know, it'd, it'd be a real shame if some like, <laughs> you know, we could have some really great military dictator, you know, if uh, like we'd put you in charge if you just could only get rid of this Roosevelt guy. And then he just went to the Supreme court and was like, uh, there's like an open, which at the time had 23 members. Thanks, yeah. to, <laughs> thanks to Roosevelt. Back in the courts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, yeah. And it was just like, essentially like, uh, there's an open, like, They've, they've, I've been asked to overthrow the government, and I'm not going to do that. Mark Wahlberg is American Valkyrie. <laughs> would that happen today? I don't think that would happen today. Would. No. Uh, someone go to the Supreme Court and like, tell them. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. funny. Go. It's funny the idea of going to the Supreme Court and like tattling though. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have something so important to say that the only one I can tell is the Supreme Court. Gorsuch. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell, tell a notorious RGB. Yeah, and like we're going to talk about this when we get to the Russia thing, but like, you know, this is um speaking of Gorsuch, like Trump Trump is not the one who's authoring this. Trump has no fucking idea what's in the bill. Just like he had no idea what was in the Obamacare appeal. Trump is not the one that pulled that Mitch McConnell stunt, which was still for everything that Trump has said, you know, him like his his like naked like flouncing Nothing is as cynically bad as, as Mitch McConnell refusing to hear the Merrick Garland you know, nomination. Focusing on Trump is totally uh, a red herring. Not, not totally a red herring. I mean, he's the president. But um, th- like, he didn't do this. He's not responsible for all this. This is a last-ditch effort by a party that feels itself completely... I mean, we've joked about this before, but like that 2012 autopsy that like Ryan's previous commissioned about, we need to start reaching out to more demographic, more demographics than just oh, white gosh. people that are about to die. <laughs> and they they've so completely failed doing that. Yeah. Um, that now they're like the the uh, the thing I was mentioning earlier was that this the thing that this mostly reeks of is that it's so nakedly corporatist. For a long time, like the corporatism and the relationship between corporatism and populism in the Republican Party was. Sort of symbiotic, mostly exploitative, um, but uh, you know, corporatism could get its agenda by serving the symbolism, basically, of of, of uh, um, populism, and then populism like lost its mind, and based on you know because of all this like bullshit media that it had been feeding on, um, the culmination of which is our like TV president, you know, it, it it kind of went out of control, and the corporatists lost control. But I think that then, to some degree, they realized, oh, we can just be that transparent. Like we don't have to. Nothing's hidden anymore. This is all, to, you know, a, a free for all. Which is why so many people have described this as eluding the government, which it literally is. And Trump was the former on the campaign trail, right? And the latter 
wants an office. And I mean, he is the cartoon businessman, right? Like he he should be a corporatist. It's just for you know two years there, he was a populist. Do you think well, Trump has ever tried to dive into a pool of coins? Yeah, like Scrooge McDuck's cell. I think that, yeah, he might I, think that that's possible. Yeah. I, I feel like his OCD issues would get in the way. No, that's, that's true. true. Like coins are kind of smelly. Yeah. Money dirty. is dirty, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's kind of funny you say that because um, I saw one of my cousins who moved out. I haven't seen him in 10 years. He moved out west a while ago. He lives in rural Colorado. Actually, his life sounds dope. He just builds fences, and it sounds it sounds fantastic. He's like, yeah, we just live in a cool house. We're a bad neighbor. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Um, but... He uh, he was talking about how it's like it's so weird that I was driving back to the airport and he was like it's so weird that you know us who I grew up on the East Coast so I was familiar with Trump like and but people out there he wasn't part of the same like cultural zeitgeist as people who grew up in the New York area were they only know him vaguely maybe from The Apprentice if they even watched it but like they weren't people that grew up like I did where it was like and my dad who worked in like commercial real estate and stuff like that who was like that guy is terrible and and also he's just a clown is a media spectacle is like is a person that's a horrible business person but somehow skates by with like essentially having gangster like ta- tactics and also just the backing of his his very wealthy family um so, but he said, like, what you don't understand is the people who are just being exposed to Trump, they don't, they don't have the primer that people in, like, New York and New Jersey had or, like, in the same way that he's, like, been part of our lives. So it's it's this interesting thing where, like, the rest of the country does see him as, like, good businessman where we have to, like, explain. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, he's he's horrible at it. He's just somehow gotten out of jams every single yeah, time. It's like fucking, <laughs> like, going to the Doogie Hauser to be your doctor. It's it's yeah. You have to have no concept of how how anything in, in the entertainment industry is, is actually done. Yeah. Do those, uh, you know, Republicans that you grew up around though, do they support Trump? Even uh, though they know that not really. No, okay. I, like I think they're, they're, they're not like, you know, I guess my dad being a common reference in this theme, he was not like, <laughs> this he was, is really the show about your dad. Yeah, I know, it's my dad <laughs> uh, who doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's I the mean, dad's episode. Yeah, the dad's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how does your dad, I mean like your dad was a, you know, Republican, like... Yeah, well, I don't... My dad is the... He's never admitted to me that he voted for Trump. He just defends him all the time. Right. But, um, yes, he seems very uh, bummed out about this whole tax thing. Um, so, I don't <laughs> Oh, really? Know. Another yeah. guy? Another middle Another dad, guy? yeah, yeah. Dad yeah. In, the so, yeah, yeah. in a blue state who's going to get fucking <laughs> nailed by not being able to deduct his local taxes. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I think that with... Uh, not just the dads, but with uh, so many Trump voters and just people who don't vote... Uh, they might be down on Trump, but they're not, you know, super excited about anything the other party's putting out. So, yeah. 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 There's a guy in my family who's um, one of the dumber men I've ever met. <laughs> and uh, this is a guy who once, uh, like, are, we, we <laughs> the topic of his conversation was, yeah, I switched from Bud to Bud Light. <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. Actually, the last that's time I like, was... Home- that's, like the, that's like the poor working class version of like going vegan. Like, they're just like, I, I found out Budweiser's got a lot of extra calories, so I got Bud Light instead. Well, like, this guy, this guy is meat. like the prototypical <laughs> Trump guy, okay? And like he, like that's... So even he was had soured on him because he was like, you know, he says a lot of things I even agree with, but I want a president who's a little more... And then he made a gesture that meant like competent i assume <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I don't know who the base is anymore uh, besides, maybe we'll get to when we get the roy moore thing but the last thing i want to say about the the tax bill before we move on is um 
the, uh, the uh, it reeks of such corporate control that it even resembles the corporate decision making process, which is very focused on short term gains. Like the, the whereas people like that were running companies used to try to actually build them for future success and invest and stuff like that. It, it, it is now done for short term quarterly earnings calls and shareholder value maximization. And the way that this tax bill is constructed is exactly the same. And it's actually not even bad strategy either. They're going to get a quick smash grab job out of it and ha have it be repealed uh, in a democratic tax overhaul in like 2021. Um, and they basically got whatever they could get out of it for a couple of years, um, which is actually antithetical to uh, like, you need stability to invest in stuff. I mean, this is not like, a corporate friendly. Well, <laughs> to that, that point, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 a friend of mine uh, wrote in the nation um, that uh, this is basically Republicans trying to get the government on their way out the door because they know that they are going to lose in the next two elections, which to me seems like, you know, writing for the nation as he is a lefty publication might be a bit overly optimistic. Um, I'm not sure. Well, first of all, I'm not sure Republicans are going to lose power because who who yeah. can predict anything? But second of all, um, I'm not sure they're thinking about it that hard. I feel like it is more just what you're saying. This kind of ideology of, or not, it's not an ideology. This kind of like robotic short termism. Yes, where it's just like get what we can now, and you know we'll figure out tomorrow. No, tomorrow, they're, they're and, like yeah. yeah, mollusks or something. <laughs> like once they breed, they can die. Yeah, that's all. And yeah. it's yeah. just the only thing they're there to do, and they did it. And now maybe they'll die. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll stop showing up to Congress. Like stop voting and stuff. That's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent the case. And that's what I think. And I think I should probably lead into one, a couple of our next topics pretty well. But I, the the idea giving the benefit of the doubt about these thoughts that people are thinking such long term in 2018 and 2020 and certainly there are elements of the Republican Party that are thinking that but Mitch McConnell and all that they're, they're like no no we want eliminate taxes that's what we want they're not thinking they're not like oh this will play well and like in Virginia in 2018 and we like these seats are opening there that level of thought is not going into this it's just get get money get money to my friends no and the <laughs> level of thought that does go into that like Ed yeah. Gillespie you know making up this uh, gerrymandering scheme it is there to serve the goal right. of this tax overhaul yeah so this is the ultimate raison d'etre of the Republican Party um in the in the in the long saga of getting to the point where they have enough control of Congress to pass something this odious, um, they have to put up with people like Roy Moore <laughs> being part of their caucus. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> people who are mostly unaware of what causes eclipses. <laughs> is it, wait? <laughs> can you explain that? Because I don't know that. Is it, is he in the no. dark? No, oh, no, no, in the dark, I, I, if you will. No, okay. dark, he's <laughs> yes. a darkie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know for a fact that Roy Moore. He's just not scientifically eclipses. based. <laughs> he just, yeah, he, he yeah, does. There's he, a lot of phenomena that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have evidence that he's ever ridden in a car. I know he likes riding <laughs> horses. Um, so Roy Moore's election. The, the, well, we don't know if he's going to get elected tomorrow. Uh, the last time I looked at the uh, at the uh, like real clear politics, he was like ahead by three. So they really could go either way. Um, I think all the people who say they're going to vote for Doug Jones are lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's hitting the Doug Jones is apparently hitting the uh, like the black parts of Alabama. It would be really funny if he sold like, "Hey, if you want to make up for Trump, because you know I know you all didn't show up to vote, <laughs> go vote for uh, me." But that's what you, the, yeah. Well, there's going to be because of the way that the laws are structured, or like you sent that article around about the voter, like mm -hmm. the voter turnout in Alabama is horrible, it's particularly among, among right. the black and Latino community because the voter ID laws that were put in right. place. Right, it's like the hipster of voter suppression. They yeah. were doing it before all the states. <laughs> the original yeah. OG hipster yeah. suppression. 
Yeah. Which is not funny. No, it's but, not. Uh, no, it's not the it, reality. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It is the reality, and it's like the, it's it. I mean, the the reason why you can start to have these completely retrograde candidates is partly because the internet's broken our brains. You know, like we have no real idea of information anymore. But also, the, the voting is not really authentically happening in the deep South right now. And so, Doug Jones can campaign as hard as he wants in black communities, but if there's enough obstacles in their way or voter ID laws, or whatever the case is. They're not going to be able to, and not only that, he needs that and some Republicans to peel off the vote for him because you know no one in Alabama is going to vote for a Democrat. So right, it, I, I was also reading though that um, you know uh, kind of black political leaders down in Alabama felt that he was not reaching out to the communities as well as he could have been, which is a bummer because uh, there's a lot of money going his way uh, that it seems like they could devise a strategy to excite the base but for people it's the same thing with like the Hillary voters getting or Hillary supporters getting turned around at Michigan we're like it's like where it's like please we want to like we want to do stuff for you we're like we're, we're knocking on your door and, and we will help you uh, and we don't want the the weirdo pedophile uh, Ten Commandments guy to be the next senator and representative of the state but <laughs> uh, um, so uh the, the, the main thing about Roy Moore, obviously, that everyone's talking about is that he's a pedophile, um, which is, you know, notable. But um, Notable pedophile. Noted, noted pedophile. Among the League of Champions. That's like his Jared Wikipedia Fogel. page. Noted American <laughs> pedophile, Roy Moore. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, I think that it's also important to, I mean, that's being covered everywhere. I think it's important to acknowledge that, like, this is a pretty, like, abhorrent candidate. Uh, where, John, can you give us, like, some context where he came from? Like, because Trump originally supported this the guy who's currently the interim you know, and like, how did, but Steve Bannon is, yeah. Is Roy Moore? yeah so what's the story? Well, so the Roy Moore's there? deal before he was running for Senate was he was on the Alabama Supreme court. He was the chief justice, which I believe I could be wrong, but I believe that's an elected position because a lot of States elect their judges for some reason. And so, you know, he came to prominence by sticking a 10 commandments outside of the Supreme court and refusing to, you know, acknowledge that gay marriage was the law of the land and all that. So that excited, uh, the internet, yeah. even if it did not do much for the people of Alabama. And thus he became uh, buddies with the Breitbart crowd and Steve Bannon. And so Steve Bannon was right behind him when he decided to run for Senate. But Trump had met uh, Big Luther Strange, the <laughs> um, acting senator from Alabama, because Jeff Sessions had gone on to be attorney general. So Big Luther Strange was appointed by, I think, the governor who had to resign because of a sex scandal. So that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those, yeah. <laughs> those those politics in Dixieland. You yeah. know? Was it worth a human at least, or like some sort of? Farm it was, animal? yeah. Oh, it was a. Yeah, I don't oh, know. That's that coastal elitism <laughs> I missed so much in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, that scarecrow was standing with his legs open. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if he only had a brain. <laughs> Um, yeah, Bannon was a Moore guy. Um, Trump was a strange guy. Obviously, <laughs> Moore won. Uh, Bannon said, you know, stick by me next time, Trump. And then all the pedophilia stuff started coming out. <laughs> Bannon quieted down for a bit, but now they're all going back. Um, you know, uh, Trump has endorsed uh, Moore, and that's all that matters. So Bannon's out stumping for him. Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, Republican various um, pass-through entities that funnel money into candidates, they're all, you know, signed back up again because, you know, the voters of Alabama are going to have their say. And, you know, I was reading a really interesting, I think it was posted on uh, TPM, one, one reporter on the ground down there, and the way a lot of the Alabama voters who were at a Moore rally down there were taking this was 
if God wants more to be elected, he will let him be elected. So, and it's like the same uh, thing with climate change. Like if God wants the climate to change, he'll let it, it's, it's very nihilistic. Uh, that is the, that is exactly <laughs> identical to the way like post Taliban people in Afghanistan regard. Should we put a well here? Like if God wants there to be a well there, there will be a well there. No, I'm asking you, should yeah. it go there or there? Yeah. yeah. You are a, this is a, you're an active site. entity. Like <laughs> yeah. in this, you participate. If, no, there's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is like, this is who we have to drag along into the 21st century. Again, um, again, and my, my secession idea sounded pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy to think that like, it's crazy to think that this the last secession idea didn't come from the north. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but there is the element of that. You know, this is a guy who acts like he's a civil war general. You know, rides around on a horse and dates teenagers and whatever. And so, I mean, the civil war happens. So this is a, you know, yeah. there's been a strain of this in Alabama for a while. Yeah. Um, and there's the racism and there's the Islamophobia. There is all of that. But I think it is just people love to get so pissed off online. And they don't even really, I mean, there there's plenty wrong with Mitch McConnell. I'm not sure they know what it is besides that he's a dude who, you know, uh, runs the party and you know Trump insulted once so yeah it's yeah. a good, really good question he is not not conservative like, right he's extremely conservative yeah. but he's of the corporatist well, strain I, well it's, I, I think that's that's a key element in this whole thing whereas that I don't even think conservative people generally understand what conservatism is anymore <laughs> like I don't yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah uh, it's, uh, they're just furious yeah they're just I mean in many ways I think they're liberal yeah yeah exactly yeah. they're righteously indignant and yeah. and self like for good reason, a lot of the time, and they don't understand. They they will label them. They certainly will oftentimes label themselves as conservative because they've built some kind of cultural identity around, you know, either whether it's like, well, we don't like people getting involved in my life, or I'm a tough guy, or whatever it is, or I like the army and I like cops or something like that. But they just don't understand. I'm like, well, well, this is if you think about this for like even five minutes, you'll you'll kind of realize like, oh, these are actually big government spending programs, and a lot of people I know benefit from Medicaid and Medicare, and like you know, but. But because this one guy was brave enough to stand up for my Ten Commandments, which I don't understand why, which is like a punchline to an Arrested Development joke, <laughs> like put it like, like that they they just they just feel like well at least these guys are speaking out for me in some way that represents my kind of backwards way of thinking. Do you guys yeah. remember when uh, someone in Wyoming I think the, tried to pass the Cowboy Code as like the state's official no. like dictum? Hell yeah. yeah, I don't think it actually worked. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Is that I, like, it was, is that like, like when was this? It was it was in it was recently. It was like part of the Tea Party wave, but I forgot what it was. It was something that had no like, you know, romantic era backing. It was just some fucking bullshit that was probably a pre on like a Roy Rogers toy box in the sixties. But it was um yeah, it was like always saddle up and face the face the truth and stuff. Oh, it was like like the Boy Scout code of honor or something. Yeah, something it was like just that, a yeah. bunch of like kind of yeah. on, and I think it didn't pass. Yeah. And hold, hold on though, you definitely know that there's <laughs> going to be some like representative from like Jackson Hole who's going to start the Cowboy Code boot camp. <laughs> and so it's just like where you learn how to like program JavaScript. Cowboy Code Academy. <laughs> yeah, Cowboy Code Academy where you're just programming JavaScript on like trust computers. On like a on, like a horse like <laughs> or like a, <laughs> as you're just like shoveling like it's like can you write a program to like Double horse shit faster. <laughs> like, like, um, yeah. What's complicated about this is, I mean, we were talking about the tax bill earlier, which has like what, like thirty percent or twenty five percent approval rating. I think both parties are less popular than that bill, and that's, <laughs> I think, that is ultimately what drives Roy Moore. And even if the form, or right, like people just want to screw it up. They want to, you know, they they want to 
you know, just take it all down. Right. And Roy Moore seems like he'll do it, and Trump seems like he'll do it. And it's sympathetic in a way because you get the same thing on the left. It's just the the form it takes is so. Yeah, like obviously, like Steve Bannon and Bernie Sanders are never gonna, you know, have a useful conversation, as should be the case. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can have a useful conversation with like, in, like when Noam Chomsky called into the Alex Jones show, which did happen. Um, we got. I got to listen to that. I yeah, listen to that a couple weeks ago. Oh, the, 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 okay. I'll, I'll skip <laughs> to the highlight. Yeah, no, Noam Chomsky. I mean, they're, th- that's the thing. Like, I mean, horseshoe theory is real. Like, they didn't. They're not that far off. And you know, they, they were being genteel about it. They they chose things that they had alignment over. I'll skip to the best part of it though. The end of the episode, after like an extent, like let's say like twenty five minute interview, and they're actually mostly agreeing on stuff. They're mostly agreeing on. They were. I think they're both sharing some of the same vocabulary about the new world order and state power and. Um, and so, at the last minute of the interview, uh, Alex Jones um, goes, well, I have to ask you, uh, how do you feel about guns? And Noam Chomsky's like, well, it's obvious that uh, you know, any rational person would say that uh, you know guns need to be curtailed and gun ownership is out of control. And Alex Jones goes, all right, thank you, and then hangs up. <laughs> and then as soon as Noam Chomsky hangs up, he goes, well, there you have it, folks, a card-carrying member of the NWO, a gun grabber coming here. <laughs> it's like, you guys spent 25 minutes agreeing. Just goes to show how Psycho? much of a psychopath Alex is, like, no empathy. He's, like, part of the enabling people's internet breaking their brains where he has no empathy. Like, he's, like, the disconnect mm-hmm. between him and his ability. Like, he just had an actual conversation with one of the most important intellectual and political thinkers of the 20th century and he's just like just waiting to get him on a gotcha last minute question and just smoke him and be like see I told you these liberals at MIT want to take your guns like Uh, like, let's uh, speaking of conspiracy theory let's go to uh, (laughs) we were going to briefly touch on the Russia thing now the three of us around this table both share an avid distaste for the Russia story Uh, John you work for uh, Moyers which has actually done a really good job of Making there's one article that you have which is like a 600 entry timeline. Yes. Um, of the actual events of, of the Russia thing. So, um, given that we all let's first talk about like what's going on recently, and then we can talk about why we are choosing not to follow it that closely. Sure, sure. I mean, there's oh man, there's so much breaking every day that it is incredibly hard to follow, even for me, and I am the person who plugs things into this timeline. It is your so, job. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, I think some of the... And, uh, well, also complicating matters, The uh, there's been some false reports in the last week, which just... I think are, you need to say fake news. Uh, yeah, uh. right. It, uh, yeah, it, it validated the fake news thing for Trump. I mean, not really, because they were immediately retracted and yada, yada, but that's not what people are going to remember. Anyway, the, uh, the, the things that I think are most... The most interesting in a non-humorous but just purely interesting thing I think to come up recently is not any of the smaller headlines about, you know, what Flynn's been up to or um, what's going on with the Mueller investigation. It's just this, trying to steal a Turkish name. Flynn has been <laughs> up to so much and it is astounding. I did start laughing when you said yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it's this book by uh, the Guardian's former Moscow correspondent, Luke Harding, which basically he reported it out and he was able to verify through reporting a lot of the dossier, which makes me think that, you know, the P-tape, it, it changed my opinion on a lot of this stuff. Like, I feel like... Is the P-tape real? 
I I I oh. went from thinking it was not to it, thinking it probably will you know surface in the next year. Wow! Oh. <laughs> you know what else too? By we're the way, gonna, we're gonna have to quit and start podcasting full time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that'll be the that'll be the moment that this turns into a video podcast. A <laughs> uh, the Access Hollywood tape is also going to be joined at some point. I mean, there's still a ton of like art, remember that Apprentice footage mm-hmm. that supposedly the uh, I forget the producer's name, but he said that he had a bunch that was really damning. Well, didn't Tom Arnold also say that like he saw a bunch of. Supposedly, I've heard that there's like a Ray Rice video of Trump, like him hitting a woman. Oh, uh, but these, wow. this oh. is all this is all circumspection. But um, th- I mean, there's a lot of stuff Alleged. out there that we know exists, let alone that stuff. Anyway, yeah. So sorry. yeah, but I mean, I mean, this is sort of uh, maybe uh, jumping ahead a bit, but I'm not sure any of this all met. You know, uh, if Trump hired half of Russia to pee on things, and you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, and then there's this whole sideshow of just all the fun stuff that's coming out with the Russia, you know, through through Mueller of just all the many things Flynn did. And it's it's amazing because this was a guy who was a general and who was part of the Obama administration and seemed to be largely, you know, kind of respected there until he was fired. And then it seems like something broke with him. Or he desperately needed money because yeah. the kind of things he got up to are stranger <laughs> than fiction, and there's just more of them every day. Either that, or like you know, we're learning this with like Kelly. I think that the idea that any of these generals are like normal, respected people are you know, they're not. Like it's like uh, <laughs> Michael Flynn is the inverse business block guy. Like he's the, like the exact opposite. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'll sell my country for fifteen million dollars. <laughs> like I don't care. Like what do you need to be this weird Turkish guy who runs a bunch of charter schools in Pennsylvania? Sure, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> And like, you know, you hear like, I remember like a Chris Kyle expose was talking about how actually snipers were, had a lot of Nazi propaganda hanging in their dorm rooms, you know? I mean, at that level of, once you understand, you get so inside the American mythos, you're no longer watching a flyover at a football game. You understand exactly what the nature of American power is. You're disabused of the idea. It's like, you know becoming like a really intense Catholic or something. You're mm. like, Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, or like, yeah. And you know, you, I, the idea that they're the ones that are, you know, I'm sure they would all die for their country or whatever if they were in an actual combat. But I think a lot of that is more due to, uh, you know, dying for brotherhood or something. Um, th- I think, a, I think a lot of the generals probably feel this way. You know I mean? Like, ge- like general Kelly, the idea that he thought that the civil war could have been avoided with like better compromises. I mean, these guys are not like American heroes. They're, they're soldiers that are probably, some of them are probably suffering from some trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're in this insane position and they have this ton of power and then they're very insular, you know, also to, also to get to that level, it it is like in a, in a country that has a permanent standing army that is consistently and persistently and has been at war for the past 60 to 70 years. Uh, you just have to be kind of a psychopath. You have to be a person that like from essentially the age 16 or 17 is like, I am going to run the kill machine. And, and that like, that takes, it's the same deal as like where like that thing a couple of years ago when the financial crash is happening, he's like, are most CEOs like psychopaths? And it's like, well, probably because you have to have like no ability for empathy or like human emotion to, Mm -hmm. to get to that level. Right. So it's like, like, so it's the same deal. It's just like, they just took that energy instead of focusing on like, you know, selling fake paper around. They they focused on you know getting Boeing more contracts to to just like 
lay waste to good portions of other right, countries. Right. And <laughs> like, that's the, you know, like one of the things that he was up to was he was trying to build these nuclear power plants in Egypt and Israel yeah. to give the U S army something to defend <laughs> with the excuse. Like it would give us an excuse to put troops on the ground. Like we yeah. need to defend these power plants. So like that was supposed to happen. And then this, this, um, whistleblower just came forward saying that he was speaking to the guy who was, uh, working with him on this, working with Flynn on this, uh, during the inauguration who was, you know, they were furious that the sanctions on Russia had uh, fucked it all up, was what they said. And, uh, you know, Flynn was going to take care of those sanctions. And he's just had his hands in so many things. It's it's amazing. And then he's, he's like pulling his like weird son along with him. And like, yeah. <laughs> well, and Manafort, too. And so one of the things that I, yeah. I, I was wondering about this is that like one of the one of the ways that I was kind of defending uh, against the Russia story is like a lot of this is just. It could be regarded as like this is the price of running as a true outsider in America. Like mm. you, like Obama had a ready-made uh, staff from Tom Daschle, you know, that like became his staff, and so he was, you know, Obama had many merits as a can- candidate, but he also inherited a lot of people who knew what they were doing. And if you're really an outsider, I think that American politics, as the sort of preeminent, you know, standard, probably very marketable, um, you know, the consultant class. Uh, to these, you know, people that are willing to pay prostitutes around the world, like um, Yanukovych, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of people in America on the fringes of American politics, the likes of which you would start to vacuum up if you were to run a truly outsider campaign. Mm-hmm. Who are and all, that's what happened? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So does that? So that's kind of where the source of some of my skepticism of the Russia thing. Uh, just to be clear, I'm like very glad that the Mueller like investigation is going on. I think that it, I fully like want it to be, you know, to to go to its its complete end. But in terms of focusing on like, is this the answer to why we basically like had a mishire as a country? It seems like it's like there's there's so much incidental stuff. Having said that, there's a lot of smoke, and there seems to be more smoke and fire every day. What I think it is is that there were Trump just had a real talent for surrounding himself with people who were up to really bizarre things. At the same time, Putin wanted ins and yeah. just kept throwing people at these people who, you know, would approach everyone in Trump's orbit and say, "Hey, I want to be your best friend. I want to like help you with the business deals like, you know, you come hang out with me." And, you know, he succeeded. A, a lot of these people started dealing with the Russians, but I don't think we're going to see that there was a grand conspiracy Putin and Trump shook hands. I think it was just Trump surrounded with a lot of kind of people who have fewer qualms about getting up to nefarious things. And when Russians offered them weird deals, they were like, yeah, fine. Yeah, well, he clearly, clearly, you know, we could have a long discussion about ethical people in American politics and stuff. But like, obviously, the arc of Donald Trump's career is that he has no (laughs) regard for (laughs) ethics and is only is more than willing to surround himself, whether they're real shady real estate developers or shady politicians or shady people that are financiers. He is more than willing to to surround himself with those people, um, to to his own detriment. But somehow he always gets out of these jams too. So that that's that's the case there. And I think Russia essentially stole America's playbook. Except they they got lucky with a guy like Trump who was just so vulnerable to these kind of like had this happened to somebody who was a more of an institutional political the uh, politician or a political actor like an an Obama who's part of the system. These people would have been filtered out. Like and vetted a lot quicker and been like, okay, like we we can't that you are you are radioactive because of these like just the base level googling of you is right. like is uh, is bad news. And so, part of me like, like believes like uh, all these guys who are saying, yeah, I can't remember who I spoke to on what day. Like I have no idea what's going on because. Uh, 
I believe that during the Trump campaign, it was just, I mean, as Jeff Sessions said, it was just chaos. And that checks out to me that you would just be talking to the Russian ambassador. You would be talking to some random spies. You would be, you know, talking to some guy who like approached out of left field and said he was a senator from Montana. Maybe he wasn't like, it's just like, yeah. it, no one knew who they were talking to at any time. Yeah. And like, yeah, cause it was a mess. Uh, well, so yeah. it's just, so it's just gonna, it's going to just result in, it's like, well, there's a lot of shitty shit that was done, yeah. but it's like, there, there's no grand, these people are too dumb to have like any I, kind of, like, yeah, I, <laughs> I think at the end of it, we're going to get a really compelling narrative from Mueller. And then the Republicans are going to make some noise about how this is unacceptable, and then do nothing. If Mueller just drops the P tape, that all I think that'll this will all that'll be worth satisfy it. pretty much everyone. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone will be entertained, Roy Jones and then we'll is, move on. Roy, Jones, Roy Moore's going to get a nut. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's going to about do it for us. Um, yeah, thanks All for right. having me, guys. So, yeah, oh, John, John Blake. Yeah, very good. All right, uh, thank you for joining us. Like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you at Cafe nice. Dushanbe. Yeah. Oh, sorry, say it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.